Hi, welcome to Queer Fandom. This podcast is about fandom, standom, and the driving force of LGBTQ plus culture behind it all. We're your hosts, Beetle and Lo. This show is not safe for work, not safe for kids, and not safe for haters. We spoke to our longest fandom friend, Mary, who we met in a live journal slash community 10 years ago. In recent years, we started going to conventions together, mainly Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. In this episode, Mary shares her unique perspective on roleplay and friendship. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, you guys ready to roll into it? I'm ready. Yeah? Okay. What's that sound? Is everyone sitting still, being a good boy? <laughs> right? Ooh. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself. I want your Twitter handle or whatever handle you want to use, um, your age and your pronouns. Okay. Um, my name is Mary, obviously. Uh, my handle is at Zigbarf, X-I-G Barf, uh, on pretty much every social media. Uh, I am 28 and my pronouns are she, her. We're so excited to have you on the show, Mary. We've known you for 10 years, 11 years? No, long, 12, 11? I feel, like it's, I feel like it's 11 or 12. I feel like Mary was my friend when I was 16. No, <laughs> 17, were, 17. I was in high school. Yeah, you were a babe. You were still in high school for sure. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was 16 or 17. So, yeah, about, about 10 years, about a decade of friendship. Yeah, I got into the fandom that we all met in in September 2007. So yeah, I would say it's probably been 10 or 11 years. Lo knows like every single date within within that fandom. Like you can just ask her <laughs> and she just can spout it off like day, month, year, just like that. I that, used that to. Is, that's impressive. Yeah, every once in a while... Um, on a certain on certain dates, I'll be like, oh, "Why does this day so familiar?" <laughs> oh, it's the date I saw Spring Awakening. It's one of the dates yeah. I saw Spring Awakening, <laughs> October fourteenth, right? <laughs> August eleventh. Yeah. August first, yeah. first, the first time I ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was September seventh, two thousand seven, or September eighth. <gasps> I don't know. September seventh. <laughs> oh my god, who are you? Um, I we. Know. We just interviewed another friend of ours um, who we found out, our friend Luna, who we found out from that um, her, her first fandom was um, Phantom of the Opera. And um, it was from like a stage, like a, a tour um, of the show. It wasn't like from the movie. And that made me so excited because I feel like uh, people who find fandom through Broadway are a rare breed. Uh, but we do exist. And so it's always nice to, you know, encounter one in the wild. It is it is very strange, and they're very small fandoms. I feel like we all know each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I always want to fight them. Sure. Fight them? <laughs> you want to fight them? Yeah, I always want to fight them, just a little bit. <laughs> Do you remember when um, Audrey and I, for a short period, had a uh, YouTube channel where we reviewed, like, local theater we saw? I do. We had like maybe eight or nine episodes or something. And people started like coming up to us at stage doors and being like, I disagree with your opinion. And I was oh like, my God. holy shit. Like it was like so low key, these videos, but the Broadway community is so small and so little yeah. content is being put back into it. That like me and my high school best friend like made these, um, these review videos and the people like attacked us at the stage door for our opinions. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh, there was a post made about me and this person I went to New York with on the Guilty <gasps> Ones forum. I remember when you, you sat remember? on stage. Yes. That was the weekend I first met you in person. Yeah, and they were, like, upset about how excited we were on stage and how we were, like, <laughs> waiting for the gay shit. And it's like, what do you expect? We've seen it before. Like, leave us alone, bitch. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. I'm infamous, y'all. I was on TGO for something bad. <laughs> I did, um, I did like watch the bootleg. I bought and watched the bootleg of the night that I saw it and sat on stage just so I could like observe my behavior and see how I was, um, how I was doing, how I was behaving on the stage. 
uh, <laughs> were you, were you, so were you like impressed with your behavior or were you like, oh my God, I'm that guy? No, I did. I did okay. Um, I think I was like overly cautious about not like looking a particular way, but I still vividly remember I was sitting behind, um, I guess the, the, ki- the character I kinned is the best way to say it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, <laughs> He he had like a chalkboard under his seat and he went to go like pull the chalkboard out and he touched my leg. <gasps> that kept me going for years. Oh. Um but but we're we can get stuck on this topic forever, so I know, let's not let's on. let's move on. Um <laughs> I think um Lo has some questions that um she wants to ask you and we're just gonna kinda talk and catch up with you and pick your brain a little bit and see where it goes. Right. All right. So I want to start by asking, since we began by talking about how um, how we all met, Mary, how old were you when we met in the Spring Awakening fandom? Um, so if it was in 2007, 2008, I was like 17, 18. Okay. Um, you'd done fandom before, Yes. Right? Uh, yes. Oh, wait. Well, sort of. Like, I'd been reading fan fiction for a long time, but... Uh, but Spring Awakening was probably, like, the first big fan I kind of sunk my teeth into, so to speak. What do you mean when you when you say sunk your teeth into it? Is it, like, the first fandom that you wrote for? Or yes. the first fandom you made friends in? Like, what what does that mean to you? Well, not even, like, I mean, I'd written for fandom for years. Uh, a bitch discovered fandom when I was in fifth grade. Uh, a, a what fan- I want to know what fandom that was. Um, it was just, she told me about, well, she told me about fanfiction.net and she had been reading some like Dragon Ball Z stuff. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll check it out. And so the first fic I ever read was a Tenshi Muyo fic. Uh, and it was a love triangle between Ryoko Aika and Tenshi, but, uh, the roles of Tenshi and Ryoko were swapped. So Aika and Tenshi both loved Ryoko. And so it was like, it was like warning Yuri. And I'm like, what is Yuri? And even reading the story. I still had no idea what Yuri was because mm-hmm. I was in like fifth grade and I still was very sheltered. Uh, at that point in time, I thought that the way that two dudes fucked was by like like poking their dickheads together. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> so so like... you so you you um, encountered Yuri when you were about ten years old. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that's what made you gay? God, no. I've known I would. I know. I like went to a sleepover when I was in like first grade and we played spin the bottle at this girl's sleepover and I ended up like kissing her in front of her sister. And then she was like on top of me in her bedroom and it was wild. Like, I'm so proud of you. I know. Get it, girl. I'm I'm saucy. First grade Mary really knows how to get it. I love it. I'm saucy. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things where, like, a lot of the a lot of the girls in my neighborhood, like, if I tried to talk to them about it now, they would basically be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So of course I'm not going to be an asshole and reach out. But we would like, you know, stay over and like, you know, like explore and all that kind of stuff. But I, I guess I'm the only one it stuck with. I, I had one of those friends when I was the same age too. But let's I move mean, on from that topic. Um, <laughs> so. What? So your first fan fiction was Tenshi Muyo, but what was yeah. your first fandom? What was the first thing that you started to um, write for or read obsessively? So that's been something I've been trying to uh, think of is like how to define being in a fandom because I had a fanfiction.net account almost immediately after I read that story. I um, created an account and, you know, just so I could comment on things and all that kind of stuff. And my username is changed like 12 times. I think back then it was Sailor V Princess, something like that. Um, but I, I would write, I would write for like, I guess the first fandom, if you count, like the first thing you wrote for was probably Hey Arnold, because that's the first thing oh I ever my wrote God. for. Aww. I was like, I wrote so much for Nicktoons, like Jimmy Neutron and Hey Arnold and Danny Phantom. And I was real big into song fic. Oh, song fic was like my bread and butter. So Okay, so tell tell yeah. the audience tell the audience, Mary, what is song fic? <clears throat> so a song fic is basically where um you intersperse like pieces, like lyrics of a song 
into a fan fiction and it can relate to the lyrics or it cannot. It can just be there to kind of like liven up the mood. But for me, I would take literal interpretations of the song, like Sadie Hawkins Dance by Reliant K. <gasps> made several yeah. fix of that song. <laughs> so it's like a written music video for yes. a ship or yes. a fandom. Absolutely. It's basically a script for a music video without like stage instructions. I think that's such a good way to... Um... I mean, I make a broad generalization here that the people who are into Nicktoons fandom are young people, um, that I think uh, Songfic is a really great way to learn how to write. Because you take, oh, yeah. you, you take something that already inspires you, like this song, and it makes you think about this ship, and you get to expand on it a little bit. And then because you get to include all the verses, you have this like heftier piece at the end of it. I remember writing Songfic um, a decent amount in the Spring Awakening fandom, particularly when I listened to Neutral Milk Hotel for the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> April oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so I guess my first fandom was, was Hey Arnold, because that was the first thing that I like that I wrote thick for. And I remember getting flames and I was like, ooh, have I made it in the world? Like, this is great. <laughs> what ship did you write for Hey Arnold? What ship do you think I wrote for Hey Arnold? Like, I hello. have to ask. It's, it was Arnold and Helga, the only thing. <laughs> then why were people mad at you for shipping well, the... I, I think it was the, they, they didn't like things that I, some of the things that I wrote. Like, you know, when like things don't end up how you want to like the other mm. night I read this I read this fan fiction and the character said the thing oh, I'm so gay and somebody commented and said um as a gay person I just want you to know that we don't say that and the person was like hello I'm queer we do say that in my group of friends <laughs> story and of whole, my like, life yeah it was this whole like thread of like talking about how people do say it and people don't say it it's like who fucking cares it's this person's story like either say you enjoyed it or you didn't like it if or just if you don't enjoy it just then you click away like yeah just, right. just don't like interact you know i mean back then people who were reading those kind of fan fictions like people who were reading hey arnold fan fiction were like 12 year olds so they were just like oh I don't like the way you did this and that because of course like almost every Harold fanfic back then I made Helga like super hot when she got older <laughs> and so I guess a lot of people were like that wouldn't happen she would be like super obsessive and it's just like you, you don't know how they're fucking how they're gonna grow up did they make a hey Arnold in middle school no you know what so you know what though off. that's that's true you know what though Mary actually this as um, annoying as it was this story is kind of somewhat uplifting to me because this is so much of what still goes on in fandom um, right and I feel like okay well it actually feels a little bit better knowing it's kind of always been there yeah um, just because it seems so apparent I guess at this at yeah. this point in time um yeah. you just really have to practice um finding your content and staying away from the content you don't like it's really real. pretty simple for real Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. Like, why sit there and bash somebody for what they write that you don't like when you can just avoid it? You know? That's true. Don't like, don't read. Yeah. So, Arnold and Helga was your first ship. What are your three favorite ships of all time? Okay, so I had to think about this for a while, and that's hard to say all time. So I'm going to say my favorites, like, of the moment and without sounding like the Pajoshi trash that I am, I'm going to make these, I'm going to do a Het, a Yuri, and a Yowie. <laughs> Good variety. Or else they would all be Yowie. So um, my top Yowie ship is definitely uh, Kirishima and Bakugo from My Hero Academia. Okay. Um, my Het ship, uh, this is going to surprise no one, uh, is Michael and Henrietta from South Park. Okay. Hell Yeah. <laughs> And uh, my Yuri ship would be uh, Princess Bubblegum and Marceline from Adventure Time. Excellent. Okay, so I have a those question. Those are great choices. Yeah, yeah those, those are great, great, great choices. Um, so those those three ships, those are your current, um, your current top three. Yes, those are like my favorites right now. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you do you read fan fiction of all three of them? Um, Kiribaku almost every freaking night um uh, uh, michael and henrietta i am literally the tag on ao3 so when i write when i write them 
I am literally writing them for myself. Like been there, Mary. I've been there. (laughs) I think there are five stories and three of them are mine. So like, and the other two were written for me. (laughs) (laughs) The other two were gifts. (laughs) I literally am the tag. Um, and I've never sought out uh, Marceline and Bubblegum uh, fan fiction just because I was kind of like, ooh, how would the mechanics of that work? She's literally gum. Woo, what? <laughs> so, um, but I really enjoy uh, fan art and, you know, theories. And I just, it's something that's been such a constant ship that I've shipped for so long that I feel like it would just be so rude not to include them. Fair. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. You are one of the queer shippers I know who likes het ship the most, which I think is so fun. It, it's one of the things I think is the most unique about you. Um, when I think about you, Mary, I often think about um, Hiccup and Astrid from yes, yes. Yes. Dragon. <laughs> uh, see, that's the thing is like, y'all have seen me through all of my fucking fandoms, how I like, I hyperfixate and then I like nothing for a while and then I hyperfixate and then never talk about it again and then again and then something else. And- this is this yeah, is no, the same. Too. I'm I'm the same way, and I think it's something. Um, I think it's kind of an interesting thing to talk about because I think there's a little bit of shaming towards it, at least like in the Twitter community. Like, let's say you're in one fandom, a, a game or an anime has just been released, and there's this like you know, the big fandom um, burst, and then it kind of slowly gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And towards the end, you know, towards like you know a year or so into something, you start seeing people complaining like. Uh, the people who left this fandom were never real fans. And I think, yeah, like, I think that's such an interesting thing to say because I feel like myself and Lo and you and many other people I know very much experience the thing where you can only really focus on one or a couple fandoms at one time. Right. And once the hyperfixation kind of wears off, there's a fondness for it. Um, yes. But you can't like, recall the level of like obsession, obsession and um, factual knowledge and all of that stuff that used to come with it. You just kind of right. like put it in a box on a shelf, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like when, when the Jungle movie came out for Hey Arnold, which Craig Bartlett has been trying to get made for like... 15 years, basically since the cancellation of the show. Like when that happened, I was just like, oh my God, I miss Tay Arnold so much. And it was like two days and I was like, oh, this is still a great memory. But like, I have other fandoms to think about, you know? And I will always remember that these things were like big pieces of my life, like Hiccup and Astrid. Oh my God. I I saw that movie in theaters like 13 times. Okay. (laughs) Like I was obsessed and I cried every single time at the very end, like every time, like without fail. And I like, I went on the kink meme and I wrote stuff for the kink meme and I just like went headfirst into it. And, you know, I haven't been in that fandom for a long time, but if a fic pops up, I'll fucking read it. Hell yeah. And it'll make me nostalgic. And so I'll kind of go down a rabbit hole. And I love when that happens. Yeah. I was going to actually ask Mm -hmm. about like resurgences of it. I don't know, Mary, I'm sure you remember this moment, but, um, Two actors that I was very interested in seeing kiss. Oh. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so two, no two, names. No two names. actors, no names. Two actors, two actors that I was very interested in seeing kiss. Uh, I was hyper fixated on the community that surrounded them for, you know, two years or whatever it was, um, and then like you know, it just kind of they just kind of faded out of relevance. And then I out of the blue one night googled their names, and a video came up um, of them performing something together and uh it was only from like four days before or something which like seems like strange right like I felt this like tugging in my heart that I had to google their names <laughs> and this video came up and they they, perf- they did this performance and um at the end of the performance they kiss and it's a part of the performance it's the characters it wasn't like the actors kissing but it was the actors kissing that's all I needed um and I lost my mind because it was Something I wanted so, so badly when I was 16, 17 years old to then see it, you know, like nine years later, see it in the flesh, essentially. Um, I thought I was going to, I thought I was dying. And uh, I, Lo, Lo, you were on like a work trip or something and you were either asleep or still out with friends or something like that. Our time zones were different. And Mary was the only other person I knew I could <laughs> talk to about the significance of the moment. Yes. Oh my God. And so that was like an experience where like, it'd been a long time since I was in that fandom, but that night in that moment, I felt the same way I did when I was 17. 
Yes. Not. I have a screenshot on my phone um, of me watching the video and then up top the little um, banner notification for a text message comes through from B that's like, let's get married. Right. I'm so excited about this. Like, this is a sign. This is a sign. And it's that screenshot really charms me. <laughs> oh, it was such a beautiful night because B had sent me the video and was like, Mary, Mary, please watch this. And it was like 12 messages in a row and I could just feel his excitement. And I was like, I was, I was living. It was, it was great. There's nothing like feeling like all of that obsession has paid off. Yes. That's what it felt like. It felt like, it felt like I cashed a check. You know, like, I felt like I invested a long time ago and I, yes. okay. So Mary, what are, what are some other, um, fandoms that you feel like pop up more than once in your life? Um, Yu-Gi-Oh. That was a really big fandom for me. Um, Danny Phantom. Okay. So that comes and goes as well. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I get really nostalgic about Spring Awakening. Like, I haven't looked at fic in a long time, but sometimes I want to go on that old community that we were in and just kind of read some stuff, but I don't go there because of reasons. <laughs> I, think the la- the thing, I think the last time I went there, it was me and you and Lo and Tally, and we were at oh, Dragon yeah. Con, and we were yes. drunk, and we logged in. Yeah. <laughs> um, calling all of the memes, yes. Um, and then... <laughs> Because the movie is going to come out, my friend keeps texting me like every time she sees a new trailer for How to Train Your Dragon 3. And all I keep saying to her is like, if if Astrid and Hiccup don't get married, I'm going to riot. Because (laughs) if they're ending the fucking franchise, then they need to be married, okay? Like, um, so that one pops up a lot just because uh, they they have lots of like side stories and all Mm. that. so that one pops up a lot. Uh, South Park comes and goes because that was my big fandom for a long time. But now I have a new hyperfixation, so I've kind of shoved that one away. But every now and then I'll be like, okay. I feel like right, South I'm Park not- is what I default to. Yeah. When, when like yeah. when my interest dies out in something else, I always come back to South Park. And sometimes I, I try to figure out what that is. And literally while we're having this conversation, I'm gazing out into our apartment where we have Craig and um, Eric and Wendy and Stan and Kyle's hats hanging on the wall. Yes. Um, so they're always kind of like in my mind. But I think the reason that I come back to South Park is because there's so much freedom in that universe. Yeah. It's really, you can do literally anything you want with the characters because the show itself is so absurd and so over the top that there's there's no like in other words you're never gonna get flamed in the South Park fandom. Nope, bitch. I don't know. There's some fucking aunties. What the fuck? How could you Wait, even? Oh, yeah. What are there aunties for? Huh, I don't know if I don't know if this is appropriate to be talking about on the podcast. Okay, it's tell fine. Tell you guys later because it's there's some insane discourse over. Um, people well there's a lot of new fans who are really only into the show because of the yaoi like they're not really into the show because of the dynamics of the show they're just like ooh, ooh craig and tweak are oh, they're canon yaoi and they just, like, <laughs> they just like they don't care like if anything else happens it's like oh they held hands is it like, is it like what the show is about so what, what are they of, what are they anti uh there's a there's problematic things existing in um yaoi tropes like the they there's this particular user on tumblr who is very against um imp imp tweak and pastor craig because that is like those are that's problematic to have what the fuck the 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 priest tempted by the devil oh my god that's that's not a real thing you can that's not they need to have their computer taken away from them (laughs) That First is not all, that's not even uh, a real you know what? Because I'm sorry, religion isn't real. Right. So you can't yeah. even, you can't it's, even tell me that's problematic when when there's a whole population of people that don't believe that pastors and demons are real. And and uh, right, no, I totally agree. And there's also a top and bottom discourse. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Okay, yeah. well let's let's is shelve there... let's shelve. Okay, go ahead, Lo. What, we'll what do you want to say? All that for like a whole fucking episode. God. I was gonna say let's shelve the South Park discourse because I didn't fucking right. know it was there, and I you know now oh, you bitch, opened it up a lot. for me. 
Oh, no. Okay. I, I feel like I never saw a lot of arguing. I think it's because everybody sort of knew we were in a weird world of our own. Uh, Lo, do you have a question for us, for, for Mary? Yes. So how did your sexuality influence your shipping? Um, so this is actually something I think about a lot, and I feel like you guys can maybe relate a little bit. So um, my so my dad and I um, were very close. I'm his only child, and he's kind of the reason why I'm into the things I'm into. Like, grew up with anime. Um, he would always, you know, take me to go see. Like, I was allowed to watch South Park with him, and he would let me watch all kinds of stuff in my room that I wasn't allowed to watch with my mom around. And we've always had that closeness, and we've always gone to anime conventions together. And at a very, very young age, before I really kind of knew what was going on, um, as someone who always found myself attracted to women, why was I reading all these stories about men fucking other men? And that was something that always kind of like made me question things. I was like, so does, so am I really, am I, can I really call myself gay? Like what is going on with that? But I feel like a lot of queer people have had that same issue. Like people who were, you know, uh, who say they're lesbians or designated female at birth and, um, finding themselves attracted to women love yaoi and it's like I I often wondered why that was but I think it's uh it's always been a thing that shaped me because anytime I'm in a fandom I usually try to find the queer and I love I love canon het like don't get me wrong but I'm all about finding the queer just because it's a way to find myself represented right so you think maybe um it's just represent represent representing queerness is attractive to you in fic whether yes. it's male female male male or female female if there's if yes. there's a queerness represented there that's appealing to you absolutely yeah which i i mean like i definitely relate to in the het side like i love a het ship where the um female character is very dominant and usually wears the strap on you know like mm-hmm. i i like to flip those gender roles and then i'll usually like a het ship and it's just because you know it's kind of queer it is it is and that's that's it's funny that you say that because that's the exact way that i write michael and henrietta and that's almost the only way i can see it ha- happening is that he would be completely subby to her and would just like that's the only way that they would have sex is she would like just peg him in the ass with the strap on he'd be all about it but that's just but it still feels queer to me because of that you know because <laughs> it's not how society expects a heterosexual relationship to be yeah speaking on like heterosexual south park ships one of my favorite ships from south park is kenny wendy yes Um, and i think kenny wendy is the same sort of like wendy is very very powerful and and kenny is just kind of at her her bidding um which is is an interesting take without going like too deep on it it's just an interesting um light to cast on the way men are represented in in queer fandom is it's like either they're with a man or they are with a woman but it it is generally they're the sub character or the sub position in that um i wanted to mention something that i wanted to go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier so first i'm going to make sure low do you want to add anything on this subject uh no please continue so something that you said mary that kind of stood out to me um was this experience of feeling only like in in your real world in your corporeal life um feeling attracted to other girls in high school um but in fiction only being really interested in the yaoi um the male yes. male stuff and how there was like a disconnect there i so yeah. so relate to that and i yeah. also think a lot of people relate to it and i was having this conversation with another friend of mine but to sum it you know to sum it up is it's um you know, I think it's what draws a lot of people to exploring different pronouns and different like personal um, representations of themselves because they they feel so much more comfortable and they feel like enlightened by this um, this character that they can kind of bond to. Um, you know, as someone who's gone back and forth on my pronouns many times, you know, throughout my life, um, I found that a lot of it came from periods of time where I was young and I felt disconnected from, well, I'm attracted to this, but I'm experiencing this in my real world. Yeah. So I was just, I was just kind of curious, um, how you felt like you reconciled that. I don't, I don't know that I ever really did. I think it was just something I realized a lot of queer people, especially a lot of like WLW have, um, 
they also deal with it. And I've never really found kind of a reason why it's like gravitated toward it, other than the fact that maybe Yaoi as a genre was created by women for women. So maybe that's why. Right. Mm. There's there's a little bit of that, I think, um, the power and the objectification of men. Yeah. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, it's like, well, you know, I can make him take a dick up his ass if I want to. Yeah. Because I'm the god here. Yeah. Well, and, and something I have kind of realized about fan fiction and just like, um, yeah, like I'm just, I'm, I'm going to refer to male male as yaoi, like whether yeah, it's anime that's or not. Nice, it's, <laughs> a, it's an easy way to do it. That's exactly. fine. <laughs> okay, good. Um, with yaoi relationships in general is like, so in IRL, if say Lo and I were at the mall together and we just decided to start walking around holding hands, people just say, oh, those two girls are friends and think nothing of it. However, if two dudes did it, they'd be like, oh, they're gay. Yeah. And so, and I always think that there's this weird sexism going on with that. Like, why are women allowed to have this close friendship, but two men aren't? Um, But I like that fan fiction, I love the tropes that exist within yaoi fanfics that kind of like test that, you know, the whole, they were roommates. Oh my God, they were roommates. You know, (laughs) that whole thing. And being best childhood best friends, like like realizing, oh no, uh, you make my dick hard type of stuff. And also just kind of exploring the fact that you can be a man in love with another man and still be a man, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, one of my things with um, slash ships, yaoi ships that I like is I like a man who's been, let's say, like societally castrated. I think there's something very interesting about a man who has what you would say is almost like a female experience of being somewhat societally disadvantaged. Can you give, like, us, can you gonna... give us an example, like an in-context example of what you mean by that? Maybe like a character yes. or just an environment? Yes, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, okay. A, yes, a character who has had something taken from them um, that makes them lose that sort of male privilege and um, patriarchy that we so associate with, like, toxic masculinity. Um, as someone who primarily likes women, um, that's really interesting to me. Like, I would consider myself queer, and I prefer um, real-world women, but there's something I really love about a fictional man, Um, particularly one who has these sort of um, roles in society uh, not as clear-cut as they are for most people, like Bucky Barnes. Um, So, you know, you were... You were referring to like Bucky as this um, socially castrated male and and you're saying that you're attracted to that and you're also attracted to real world women. This is a conversation you and I have had many times over the course of especially like my timeline of um, going back and forth with gender identity, um, which is you're, you you know, you find yourself attracted to um, trans men and, you know, uh, people who um, kind of like are gender fluid in that regard. Um, and you've always kind of expressed it to me as, uh, it's, it's more about like, you still connect to a trans man as somebody who's identified as a lesbian for most of your life. You still connect to a trans man because that person was raised in the same sort of context you were raised in and forced into the same sort of gender roles that, that you were, um, raised in. So while, without being like overly, you know, graphic about it, I think a lot of people who identify as trans men also feel that sort of like social castration in that regard. And that might be why you find yourself so drawn to characters like Bucky Barnes. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I like somebody who, has to work to find their place in society. Um, I feel like as, as women, we're usually raised to be um, hypervigilant and intelligent because we have to be to survive. Um, I don't think that has to do much with current identity, but I think that's part of how we're raised. Um, I think it makes a more intelligent person. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like my boys. I like something in my ship that involves someone trying to find their place and trying to find their identity. Can you give me like a couple other examples or anything that comes to mind? Think about it, I guess. 
I know. Bucky's always, <laughs> Bucky's always my classic example of that. Okay, but yeah, you can't you can't use this as a type unless you can describe to me more than one. Because then no, we're just right. talking about Bucky Barnes. <laughs> Which is all well and good, but Yeah. I might always just be talking about Bucky Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> He's maybe sort of shaped the way I see most characters. I mean, fair. That is very valid. I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, like, boy. I'm trying to think of another character. You're you're kind of like in in insinuating here, like stunted in some way, either emotionally or um, socially or whatever it is, right? Like you're saying, can't can't function in society on the same level as everyone else. I mean, taken from something that they once had, perhaps. Okay. I've taken, I've taken us down a bizarre path. No, no, no. I was just kind of picking your brain because I was curious. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fascinating. I like it. You know, it's like a lot of what I want to like get into on this show eventually is like what really makes certain tropes and certain things interesting to us. And nothing I'm saying ever applies to everyone. This is just, you know, what applies to the two of us or right now the three of us including mary as long as she continues to agree with what i'm saying <laughs> which is probably i mean the whole time you were talking about Lowe's sexuality i'm like oh me me that's me that's me too <laughs> yeah i think we find something in all of the characters that we identify and want to ship that speaks specifically to us um for me as um a queer woman like I know what I like maybe I can't quite identify to you and put everybody in a neat little box but I know what I'm looking for and I know it always plays into my queer experience so it may not always be about two characters of the same gender though it usually is but there's something about it that makes it interesting and, and makes it struggle in society okay I, I understand where you're where you're getting from there um, I guess I, I, this is a question for, for the both of you, which is if you can look through, like, I know we can't all remember every ship we've ever had um, off the top of our head. We probably could if we sat down and wrote it out. But um, can you think of like a major thread that tends to go throughout your ships? Um, I personally feel like my ships can be vastly different and don't always necessarily have something to do with the other, um, the other ships in my timeline. But I was curious if you guys see a common, a commonality between them. I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like sometimes there is, but other times, uh, cause there, there's so many different ways to portray relationships and, uh, like my current favorite, um, my current favorite uh, ship right now, the thing I really enjoy about their relationship is that, um, which is, if you weren't paying attention, is uh, Kiribaku from Academia. <laughs> and um, so Kirishima is, he's, he's uh, his whole thing is, on his character page, it says he likes manliness. And that's his whole thing. And he's like, look how manly I am. And you kind of often wonder, okay, but are you overcompensating for something? And I kind of like to think about that with him um, because there have been several episodes where he has like cried openly and never once like apologized for it. And I find that beautiful because he's allowed to be a man with emotions who they haven't overtly stated that he likes men, but bitches, he likes men, okay? Um, <laughs> and just his relationship, uh, I just really appreciate his relationship with Bakugo because he never <laughs> backs down from him, can ever. You, can I tell you guys the, the, the horrible, and Mary, I blame you for this because I'm currently staring at oh, a, no. a bobblehead, but this makes me think of Mac and Dennis from It's oh, Always yes. Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bitch, fuck me up with Mac Dennis. Please go on. Like, like what you're saying, like... um uh the the overmanliness thing like being a compensation but like you know mac is like this like very very emotional person and then dennis and bakugo are both like explosive unpredictable Bitch. um but, but but mac Bitch. is just like devoted to uh, dennis no matter what doesn't matter like what dennis says mac agrees with yes. it okay oh, and you know what's hilarious about that is once I decided that Kirishima is my favorite character, I got called the fuck out. And my friend said, you know why you like him? I was like, why? He's like, because he's Mac. And I went, oh, bitch. <laughs> no, yes, exactly. And then maybe there is a commonality. Maybe yeah. Maybe all Mac Dennis 
shit. So there was It's the best ship. It's such a good ship. And I love that Dennis tries to deny that he's ever had any sexual feelings for him. And it's like, bitch, you know you touch yourself to him like every night. Like, stop. Yeah, Dennis loves to be worshipped. And Max worships him. That's Dennis' whole thing. And Bakugo is obsessed with being the best and has the biggest ego and talks about how he's so much better than you. So you know that bitch would have a praise kink in bed and Kirishima would just praise him all to hell. Like, yes, it, they're they're the same ship. They're the all same. Right. They're literally the same. Yeah. All right, we found I we love found that you thread. found, yeah, you found anime Mac Dennis. I'm so <laughs> glad you. I found anime Mac Dennis. Like the whole, wait, I, I can't talk too much about them, right? We'll just no, no, keep you going know what's on funny forever. About this, though, this is kind of a fun game is like we, we pick two ships and we try to figure out you know what? What's the the similar um, about those two things that you were interested in? It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of a fun game. We'll have to like write down lists and uh, and and take a look at it. I, I can't like even think of ships off the top of my head. I have to like write them down on a timeline. I, okay, there was this Tumblr post a while ago, and I haven't been on Tumblr in a long time. But the post was basically like my ship aesthetic is person A is valedictorian, has a bunch of degrees, can play the violin, speak multiple languages. Person B once fought a bunch of bees. Like, it's just like, and I feel like that is the ship, the ship aesthetic that I'm always, like, hunting down. It's always, like, there's always one really smart, intelligent, clever person, and then there's, like, my dumb boy. Yeah, my dumb, sweet puppy dog of a boy who once fought wasps, like it, and that like heart of gold, like dumb yeah. boy. There's always is like my deep, deep intrinsic good inside of the dumb boy. <laughs> and then there's like the type A, and that's the power bottom. And then we have my dumb boy. Uh, yes. What was like the opposite of a power verse. bottom? The opposite or, of a power uh, bottom? A service yeah. top? Yeah, a service top. A service top. Lo, power you, bottom service top. Lo, you <laughs> should know what a service top is because you <laughs> are one. Thank you. I wear it with pride. <laughs> All right, Lo, do you got another you have another question for Mary here? I do. I'm ready. So <laughs> give me a moment here. Okay. Okay. You having fun, Mary? I'm having so much fun. Good. We're doing a great job. We're already at okay. 54 minutes. Oh, damn. It's a long one. But we're just going to keep going and see what we get Please. out of it. I think I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. You count us in. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. So the first fandom, despite me having written and read fanfiction for several years, the first fandom that I roleplayed in was actually the Spring Awakening fandom, which is the one where the three of us met. Mary, when did you first start role-playing? I started role-playing, I think I was probably about 11 or 12. It was when I still lived with my mom. Um, my parents got divorced when I was nine, and I remember we had this Hewlett-Packard uh, computer. Not HP, it was Hewlett-Packard, okay? Mm-hmm. That's how old it was. Uh, <laughs> and I would get in so much trouble because we had dial-up. We had the AOL dial-up. And I would be on the internet for like eight to 12 hours a day, just on Neopets oh or God, Gaia Online yes. or um, things like that. But I found uh, these AOL chat rooms and I would just join these random role play groups. But I didn't really know what role play was, but I would just find myself being very titillated. And that was kind of when I mm-hmm. started to explore my sexuality. Um, but it was a Harry Potter role play. And I don't even remember the character I played. I just remembered I would always log on with the same girl and we would just sit there and role play for like hours. Wait, was never this was weird. Um, AOL? Yeah, and like a chat room. Okay. Okay. Man, so Harry Potter. So you were canon characters in in Harry Potter, right? I believe. Not OCs. I believe yeah, I believe so. I I did not have the brain capacity to come up with an OC at that point in my life. Still don't, to be honest. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> so what was the first fandom <laughs> that you distinctly remember role playing in? Like, what fandom um, did you really like? Sit yourself in and be like, ah, this is comfortable. This is me now. That would be Yu-Gi-Oh, without a doubt. Ooh, who did you role play? I was Otogi Ryuji. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was always, always, always Otogi. 
always otogi and it turned out that my favorite ship which was chase shipping so um a, a theme in the Yu-Gi-Oh fandom and i often wonder why it is but instead of being portmanteaus of like the two characters names like smushed together it was a word and then shipping behind it like oh interesting uh, ship. okay what? yeah th- that was the entire fandom was like that like if you were into uh Genochi and my it was called puppy shipping um, I believe, oh I think I'm saying that right. That might be Seto and Genochi now that I'm thinking about it. I would have to fucking Google that shit. Um, but I'm pretty sure puppy shipping was my and Genochi. Oh my God. That's probably wrong. Whatever. It's okay. We'll find no, out later. Move past it. Yeah. We'll move past it. Okay. Someone will tell but, us if it's wrong. Yes. Um, but like puzzle shipping was uh, Yugi and Yami no Yugi, for instance. Um, and then the, my favorite ship, which was um, Honda and Otogi, was called Chase Shipping. And I never quite understood why it was called Chase Shipping, but I didn't really question it. But um, I, one of my oldest fandom friends I met through that fandom, we were at a, uh, my dad took me to a convention in St. Louis where I cosplayed him. And I met somebody who was cosplaying him as well. Okay. And we became really great friends. And um, we would RP them together. And then I found... Um, this group at Akon that I cosplayed with, and we were in a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh magazine. Like, bitch, oh I've been in a magazine. Okay, I've been wait. in a magazine. How, how, how old were you when you were RPing Yu-Gi-Oh? Like 14, 15. Okay. Very um, young. I don't know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh, but there is a Yu-Gi-Oh mural in my neighborhood. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so next time you, when you come visit us, I'll take you to the Yu-Gi-Oh mural. And I will like die. Um, <laughs> so really, I mean, so Yu-Gi-Oh is, it's, it's a card game, much like Pokemon. And the anime is just basically just a dramatization of how the card game would play out. But it is a shonen series, which means there's a lot of male characters and very few female characters. Right, right, right. Which means lots of yaoi. Because it's, so, set, up, it's set up for yaoi. Yeah, which, as all shonen series are, um, which is, you know what's funny, though, is my second favorite ship from that series was a het ship, and people always used to, like, bash me for liking the het ship, and I'm like, why? And they're Whoa. like, oh, my God, age difference, and I'm like, oh, my God, your ship is abusive, but okay. Like, <laughs> it was it was always so funny to me that even back then, like, people would, like, bash you for no reason. But, um, so the group old co- argument. Right, yeah. Um, but the group that I cosplayed with at, uh, at, at uh, Akon and the ones that I was featured in the magazine with, we stayed friends for a long time. We went to this, uh, weird yaoi party, which I'm not going to get into here because it would take too long and it's really oh, graphic and weird. Story. You know this story. Yeah. Know we'll get it. We know it. We'll, we'll get into it on another episode. What we'll, we'll do is we'll we'll record time. an episode while we're at Dragon Con. Oh god. And um while we're <laughs> oh, like Oh no. Yeah, when we're when we're like we've ascended to the next plane, that's when we will tell that story. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. Oh, y'all buckle buckle up, buddy. Buckle it's great. Um Okay, I have a question. What? I have a question. Okay. Um so usually when you role play with someone, they end up being a very intimate person in their life. They, they end up being a pretty close friend um, of yours. If you've role played for any longer than like a cup, like a week or two, I feel like there is a pretty deep connection that kind of forms with people while you're do that. While you're doing that, have you have you had that kind of experience? Yes and no. So my current RP partner is my best friend of all time, um, and we have known each other since. I met her back in 2014 when I went to my first ever anime fest in Dallas. And um, we have just stayed friends kind of in and out. But we started we started role playing together about seven years ago. And much like you and Lo, we have always had the same ships and like our headcanons have just meshed so beautifully that we never even have to think about okay well how are you going to play this character how's this situation gonna come out and we, we just like we joke like joke about it like it's not something I, I share with a lot of people because if I told them what I did in my spare time they'd be like what so I don't really share that with people but um it's nice to have that with her because I think it adds a level of intimacy plus she's helped me become a better writer because we've written together for so long um but my roleplay partner when I did Yu-Gi-Oh, like I RP'd with her for, for several years and then just kind of, I, we either like lost contact or just stopped roleplaying. Um, other friends that I've roleplayed with, I've stayed friends with them, but we just haven't 
just something happens, we just stop. But with this particular friend, we just never stopped. We've literally RP'd every single day for the past like seven years. Do you every do you, single day? Do you find that like if one of you gets into a ship, you introduce the other to it? Absolutely. I hated Creek. I had no interest in it whatsoever until she turned me on to it. Um, she didn't really think much of anything about Michael and Henrietta, and then I got her into it. Um, she got me into her favorite Beanha ship, which is Totodeku, uh, Todoroki, and Midoriya. Mm. And I got really into that because of her. And then I, in turn, got her into Kiribaku. But yeah, literally all of our ships, it's like one of us will ship it a little harder than the other. And by just, and we just like, you know, she decides, Hey, you know, I think these characters would go together. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I could, I could play that person. And the nice thing is we usually end up playing different types of characters. Like I'm not always the same type of character and neither Mm. is she. And I really appreciate that. But yeah, it's, it's, we do, we get each other into uh, our ships and it's a beautiful thing. And I thank her for that because it's broadened my horizons a lot. That's awesome. I think it's so intimate to be able to share, um, the shipping side of your life, especially the side that um, where you can really perpetuate the ships and the tropes that you love with someone who is non-judgmental and truly understands. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I talk about that a lot, that there are certain friends of mine that I, I, I could count them on my fingers that I text like most days because I think of something fandom related. And I'm like, oh, this person would like that. And it's a nice level of intimacy, but it's almost like a secret language that not a lot of people know it. about. And it feels so cool to just be a part of this community where, like, we have the same common interests and we can sit there and say, ooh, you know what I think about this? This. No, no, but what have you thought about this? And, and, uh, you know, especially with shipping, um, shipping is a huge part of my fandom life. Like, I almost always find something to ship in a media that I consume. And mm-hmm. so if I can oh, yeah. talk to you about my oh, yeah. ship, yeah. On that <laughs> on that subject, I don't we we Lo and I said this to each other recently, um, but like I don't it won't stick with me unless I'm shipping. It's yeah. not going to be an important important piece of media to me unless I have a ship inside of it. Uh, yep. I feel that on a spiritual level, yep. Uh totally agree. Yeah, it's, and it's just really, it's just, it's so cool because then, I mean, you guys are like, you know, partner is going to be married, what? And then um, she and I are just best friends, but it's just, it's really, really cool that that's, that's something that we can share is like the role play aspect, because I'm sure you guys can agree. And I hear you say it all the time, Beetle, is that fan fiction made you a better writer. And me too. Like I've learned so much. My stories were not good when I first started out, but I had fun. And I just keep doing that. And it's making me such a better writer and role-playing with my friend every day, even if my posts seem simple. Simple words can say so much more than you think. And I mean, that's, so, like the, that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about fandom and role-play in general is like, especially like text message format role-play or like we used to do like email format role-play or like live journal threads or whatever. It's like, you don't have to write a ton, but you got to write it and send it if you want it to keep going. So you don't, right. you don't get stuck in this place where it's like, oh, well, is this good enough or not? It's like you just want, you want to see your partner's reply, and so you send it. You spend a little time deliberating, but not much, because it's a role play, and you want to keep going. And I think that just drives um, a, a learning writer or like an emerging writer into just putting words out. And you learn what works and you learn what do, what doesn't work because you literally have this peer on the other side of you that if your reply that you send is really, really good, you'll get that like out of context, like double parentheses message afterwards. That's like, holy fucking shit in response to the reply (laughs) you just sent. Yeah. You know, so that's immediate positive reinforcement and you become a really good writer under those, those contexts. And then you can go on to writing solo fic and, and stuff like that. And I mean, um, I I just think role play, whether it is strengthening the romantic relationship you have with someone, whether it's strengthening uh, strengthening a a friendship you have with someone, or if it's just strengthening your writing skills, it's a really powerful thing to um, interact with. It's just, it's so cool to just do this collaborative writing where, you know, you just, you put yourself in a spot and um, it's made solo writing more difficult for me but in such a beautiful challenging way because I'm so used to only playing one character at a time that to have to write for several at a time it's 
it's hard. It's, yeah. it's really hard to get into that mindset. But my role play partner slash best friend, she is always either the first one to kudos or the first one to comment. And she'll point out if I have a couple things missing here and there, but she's always like, that was fantastic. That was so cute. You know, great job. And it's just little things like that mean a lot. Yeah. Having that support is kind of, um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's really a, a great way to find, um, the energy to keep going, you know, you, yes. you know, you know, you have at least one person that's going to, you know, feed into that anyway, because not only do they care about you, but it benefits them. The more you write, yeah. the more they get to read it and the more they get to write and the more you get to read it. And it's just this like, you know, I remember being in high school and, um, role playing and I had like a couple role play partners, um, at the time and I would just stay up until 3am and then get up for school at, at, you know, 5.30am. And I just like, I couldn't put my head down and go to sleep because I needed to send one more reply, one more reply, one more just, reply. Just one more, just, just one, one more. more. I and then literally... I'll sleep, but I gotta wait for their their reply. Cause I wanna read their reply before bed. Ooh, that reply yes. was so good. I have to Ugh. respond. I can't and then it, like, it. it consumes your thoughts. It literally starts to consume my thoughts. Like. I, uh, we're allowed to have our phones on us at work just in case we need to like pull out the app and show a guest something. But literally every time I pull out that phone, I'm like, Oh, hang on, let me go ahead and pull it up in the app. And I check to see if she's responded. And if she has, but I have to think ahead, okay, how am I going to respond to this? How am I going to blow her mind? Like, how am I going to make her freak out? And like, I get those and I, you know, all comments all the time about like, uh, I'll, I'll be in my bunk, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I get her right. But I get her saying stuff like, you know, wow, I'm over here crying, like in a good way, you know, like, you know, the angst was driven up that well. And it's, it's just so awesome to hear that feedback from someone you trust and love. And yeah, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a very good writer and it's because of all of the practice with her for so long. I, and I think there's like, you, you come up with something that's so much bigger than just yourself when you're role-playing with someone. Um, because your thoughts are constantly being challenged and your head cannons are being broadened and you have two brains working on like a plot or whatever it is. Um, like you said, like you can, you can write through a role play that, that winds up in you guys like crying at the end of it because you weave these really huge emotional stories, um, because you're able to write so fast with someone like bouncing off of you and you're able to yeah. cover, cover two characters, timelines and two characters, emotional sets, um, you know, kind of like within that space. Absolutely. Role playing is just great. And it, it's so hard to explain to people who don't role play, but it's, it's nice to have, you know, the people that do understand. And sometimes I just like, I don't want to talk to people about it. Like they ask me like, you know, Oh, what kind of stuff do you do in your spare time? And I'm just like, I'm not even going to tell you because I don't <laughs> yeah, want to let you know that part of my life. That's not you necessary. Know? Yeah, fandom is such an intimate part of my life. Like, my best friends are my best friends because I can share my fandoms with them, yeah. and that's really important. And I think role play in particular is really intimate, um, even in the way that, like, you know, you wouldn't explain to a coworker what, like, slash fandom is. Um, but you also wouldn't, like, push your role play logs on somebody that isn't a part of that role play. Like, you know, a role play is very much just between you and the friend that you're doing it with. And you can post role play logs, but they don't get a lot of reads. Um, right. Because they're not e super easy to read through in that way. And Lo and I have written a couple fics um, where we've co-written and, and tried to make it not a role play log. Um, but just like a straight up role play log, that's really just for you and your role play partner. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, so really you can do really do whatever you want. Not like, you know speaking for myself and I'm assuming many other people um role plays with one of the person is where the worst of your worst comes out yeah <laughs> you really get to like touch yeah. on those kinks and those tropes that you don't really oh, yeah. want to touch yeah. on in like a public space yeah. I, I appreciate that I had a friend text me the other night and she was like wow I'm so happy that I could talk about these weird kinks with you because I'm too afraid to tell other people about it and I'm just like bring it on yeah. Yeah, you gotta have friends and kinkiness. Like you it's, gotta be able to share that with your friends. No, it's fantastic. It's such a fantastic yeah, it it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I so often consider my fandom friends from fandoms current and old to be my closest friends because I feel like I'm always hiding something from people that aren't involved in that part of my life. And that's no Oh fun. my god, yes. Yeah, that is exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. 
this is where you get to truly be yourself and explore yeah. new spaces and, and get in touch with, I don't know, everybody on a very deep, like emotional and imaginative level. It's, it's truly incredible. It's a great community that we build. I mean, it's, it's so true though, because I feel like I, I, I mean, I'm never not myself. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. I'm gross. Uh, but I also have like that. I just, I love talking about shipping and fandom and I just, I get ridiculous when I talk about it, but I feel like that's the place where I'm most myself, where I'm most my funny and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it sucks not to get to share that with people. And I, I feel like I have to kind of like hide and it's almost like I'm going in the closet again, you know? Like, in, a, in a way, we do go into the closet as, like, queer fandom people when yeah. you, like, go to exist in the real world. Um, it's just a personality that you kind of put away for the rest of the time. But, you know, yeah. there's so much, there's so many ways now to um, interact with fandom. And more so, and maybe it's because we're older, um, but I do have friends now that... Um, like you, that I, I get to see and spend time with in person. And while we're in person, we can like show each other like, you know, R18 fan art on our phones, you know, like it, it's, um, it's really nice to have that in the real world. And the fact that you're not just an internet friend anymore, because you were an internet friend in my life for so many years. And right. I, only, I only get to see you once a year or so. Um, but it's nice that but we, we, ha make we have... God damn it. We, we make it count. count. We do. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you guys, um, I'm going to die. i am got the flu, and I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, so, so Lo, do you have, like, a, a question to take us out? Like, can we get a few final thoughts here? No, I just have such leading questions. <laughs> well, how many more leading questions do you have? I could... I could be on your podcast for hours. Okay? And we'll have you... I know. And we will have you back. <laughs> <laughs> we will have you back. You are doing so well. Thank you. I'm having, this is amazing. I'm having so much fun. Okay, well, do you want to Mary, stop? you know how I want to wrap this up? Mary, I want you how? to tell me about the fan fiction panel that you went to at Dragon Con. Holy shit. Okay, I don't know if there's a way to even describe this. Okay, so um, a couple of friends, uh, so a couple of friends and I, we managed to get into this NC-17 panel at Dragon Con last year, and uh, a BNF in the South Park fandom that I'm really good friends can with. You, can you describe what a BNF is? Um, a BNF is a big name in fandom, and it is typically somebody who, if you were to mention a fandom, you would mention their name, and somebody would go, oh my god, I've read their fix. Right. And this particular person has written for two fandoms, and if I were to mention her name you would know exactly what fix she wrote in both fandoms. Like she is pretty prevalent. Like her stories are on the first page of AO3 as far as kudos and hits go, all that kind of stuff. Um, but she's been a really good friend of mine for a long time. And uh, she mentioned, oh, wow. Yeah, that panel's really weird. I don't know if I would ever go back to it. And so my friends and I decided, you know what? We're going to be drunk. Let's do it. So we go to the <laughs> 17 fanfic panel. And it was so big that we had to move to another room. And this was a panel that was really late at night. And so they're like, we don't have an end time. We're just going to go until you guys are done. Like, it's going to be great. And so the girl who was running the panel, we were all confused as to what the fuck she was because she had her face painted purple. She was wearing a purple like Zentai suit and she had this big old strap on attached to her vagina. Oh my God. And apparently she was sexy Thanos. Okay. <laughs> she, was wearing a hel she was wearing a helmet too. And I was like, is she like Legends of the Hidden Temple with a strap on? Like what is happening <laughs> But I guess she was sexy Thanos. Um, and she was talking about like, you know, cause they, I mean, all the people on the panel kind of seemed like they had big egos, but like, whatever, um, they, uh, talked, they were like, oh, so my name is blah, blah, blah. You might've heard of me in this fandom. I've written these stories and people Oof. in the audience would be like, woo. Yeah. Um, and so they all wow. went on about like their stories that they've written. And some of them are actual published writers as well as just fan fiction. And, uh, it kind of started as just like talking about like, oh man, have you heard about this story? And then, um, it just kind of devolved from there. Like people, they opened up the the floor for the for us to just talk about stuff, and people would just go up and talk about the weirdest stories that they've read oh and God. the weirdest kink that they've seen, the weirdest ship that they've seen, the weirdest crack fic. Okay, what's uh, the like? The what late... was the worst thing someone said? Oh my God! It was like, it was like Pikachu and 
like Jack Skellington from the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> 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 like a really kinky big apparently. Um, I did not get the chance to go up there because my friends that were with me, well, one of my friends was totally fine with it. But the other one was like, no, don't go up there, don't talk. Because he didn't want us to out ourselves with the fandom that we were right for because it's very, very, very small. And people would probably know who we were. Right. So he wouldn't let us do it. But I wanted to talk about the craziest fig that I ever found. And it was uh, Chef Boyardee and Captain America. And the fig what? was called Chef Boyardee Me. <laughs> and it's... Oh, it was beautiful. It was Wait, beautiful, was it cr- was it crack fic or was it serious? It was it a crack serious? fic. No, it was it was totally a crack fic. It started out serious, but then it devolved like it like devolved into a crack fic, and it was it was glorious. But uh, we found a fic in the South Park community called uh, "The Little Miracle," which one of these days I just need to read it over the air because it's incredible. Yeah, it's we'll, incredible. We'll it's just brilliant. let you wait. What is it? What is it called? The Little Miracle. Is it a holiday fic? No. Oh, it sounds a, like a holiday it's, fic. It's an impreg fic. Okay, well, regardless, maybe we'll have you maybe we'll have you read it for Christmas. Um We should because it would be a fucking delight to everyone because I could do Craig's voice and tweak. You're welcome. What is it called? Ooh. What is it called? Something um The, the, the Little Miracle. No, I was thinking about um Mary Oh wait. Mother of Jesus. Some, <laughs> something conception. Immaculate conception. So it's kind of it's kind of Christmassy. We'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the fanfic panel was wild. It just went on for hours, and it was just like we were just like ooh, talking about like different kinks and like different ships, and people would just like talk about a ship, and then you could see them just like go make friends with people. It was so awesome uh i met a i met a fan a, a kylux fan because kylux kept getting yes. brought up raylo Hell got yeah. brought up and i was like i was like there's better ships than raylo people <laughs> kylux um, and kylux got brought up and then my bnf friend is probably the most popular writer in star wars and i brought her up and and my the the girl i met was like oh my god yeah i love her stories and so it just felt cool to be like ha, yeah i know her but um, well, i know i know exactly what you're talking about and i love her and i was super weird when you introduced me to her <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the sound of that panel though because it, it made it seem like everybody was kind of cele- a celebrity there it was like if you wrote fan fiction you were just a part of this secret club and we all know we're a part of that secret club but it's cool oh, yeah. that that secret club got to meet in a physical format yeah and it's like uh she she said that she has she and her husband went to it a few years ago and they they were like it just got too weird so we had to leave but i was i was loving it it was cracking me up i was dying i was like about to pee myself because i was laughing so hard it was just everybody was so drunk at that point because it was like past one o'clock in the morning and we actually got kicked out of the room and people just congregated congregated outside in their different little like fandom clumps talking about their fandoms and it was really cool to see that if there's one thing i've learned there is nothing louder than a room full of shippers with the permission to talk about their ships oh my god you are not even lying there is nothing louder we just had our friends in town for um los angeles comic-con and um we don't have company all that often in our house but like every couple months we have some people come stay with us and obviously they're all like fandom friends and we you know sit on the couch and share jinchi and and like watch videos on um online together and just scream about our ships and it's like i know my neighbors hear it like i know my neighbors (laughs) i know my neighbors are like oh fuck (laughs) Like, what's happening down there? It only happens, you know, only happens once in a while. But, like, you get us in the same room and we all just start screeching at the top of our lungs about, like, our favorite ships. So I can only imagine what that panel was like. And I can't wait until we get to experience it. Yeah, We're all going to Dragon Con 2019. We're going to that panel. Yes. You heard it it here. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. You are one of my favorite people. It was a joy to talk to you. Thank you for sharing your fandom experiences oh, with us. Oh my god. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. I listen. I I mean, I love supporting you guys. I listen to your podcasts all the time. And uh, I love talking about fandom. So to give me an excuse to talk about it is pretty great. And I love both of you very much. So I love you. You did such a good job. Um, you should feel feel very proud of yourself, and we're definitely. I do feel proud. Good, we're definitely gonna have you back on the show again. Oh um, yes, good. Thanks for um, such good, um, invigorating conversation tonight, 
and um you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll hear from you soon yeah definitely I won't be a stranger. 